Hello and welcome to the Get French Football News preview show with me, Lewis McParlin. Lyon started this season under the control of an unqualified manager with a lot of potential given his tutelage at Arsenal, Barcelona and Manchester City, playing under the likes of Arsene Wenger, Pep Guardiola and Roberto Mancini. But it didn't really work out with just two wins being the highlight of a rather dismal couple of months at the club for the Brazilian just as Leon were getting accustomed to the bottom half of the table, Silvino, the manager, started to get accustomed with the unemployment forms as he was given the boot after just nine league games. He was replaced by Rudy Garcia, a man known best for doing the league and cup double when he was at Lille 10 years ago. This stale appointment was met with clown masks galore and the club's big wigs being criticised as their own valley looked a bit like a Joaquin Phoenix movie. Nevertheless, despite the chaos, Garcia preferred to do his talking on the pitch as he managed to pull the team back to where they should be. Seventh. All joking aside though, Leon are on the cusp of a Champions League quarterfinal and if they can manage to not lose against Juventus on Friday, they could potentially turn the frowns on those joker masks upside down. Today, to preview the match, I have with me GFFN's other podcast hosts, Monsieur Pierre-Paul Birmingham and GFFN writer and Leon fan, Eric Devin. And Eric, I want to start with you. Leon's last competitive match was a 0-0 draw against PSG in the Coupe de, la, Coupe de la Ligue final. Obviously, they went to lose that on penalties. But what did you make of that performance as a whole for Leon? Well, you know, as I, as I stated in a piece I wrote for The Guardian, I, I think that it was really fantastic. I think that both of those teams really set out to show that they could limit another limit opposition, right? So PSG obviously needs to do the same. We, we all know about Atalanta's attacking prowess. We'll get to that, I'm sure, in a future pod. But uh, Leon also have the same mandate. They need to limit Juventus. Uh, prevent, if they prevent them from scoring, then they have the result that they need. And obviously, I think being able to to play with a lockdown style and to have that that system that Rudy Garcia has been using in big matches like that three five two looks so comfortable and so able to clamp down on an opponent to such a to such an extent I think is really impressive. So I think that you know putting aside some scuff chances, I think I think of one from Corne, one from Dembele. You know those are players who you know blow hot and cold in terms of their finishing ability, but I think. Overall, Garcia will, will have been happy. Myself as a Leon fan was happy to see PSG, even a PSG lacking Mbappe, uh, be so limited, be so shut down. I think that that really bodes well because, you know, we look at some of the other matches that PSG, or that, sorry, that Leon have played in the Champions League. I think about the draw against uh, uh, Leipzig the, to, to qualify. I think about, um, you know, the, their matches against Zenit. Um, They've been rather leaky to be charitable in, in certain big matches, and it's been it's it's a performance that moves away from that that shows more defensive prowess. It's going to turn this tie uh, in, in their own favor. And there must be some optimism considering. Well, we know how close the uh, the Serie A title race came towards the end with just one point splitting them and enter so and some people would say that psg on their day obviously you have to take match fitness and whatnot and quarantine and all that into consideration but some people say that on their day psg are 
one of the best teams in Europe, like top three. I mean, like obviously they are one of the best teams in Europe, but I'm talking about top echelon, top three. So there must be some optimism coming away from that and not conceding against Icardi and Sarabia and uh, Neymar. They must think like, you know, we're a team that have conceded our fair share of goals in big matches at times, but they managed to kind of keep it tight. And even though they lost on penalties, there must be some optimism because they managed to to keep it so, so solid at the back. Well, there wasn't a lot of optimism in your intro to the podcast, Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> um, where you are coming from this season. But I do agree, based on you know that game against PSG on Friday, taking into consideration that they have a one-goal lead coming into this match against Juventus, uh, you know, if they play exactly the way it, it happened against PSG, then they're through. So, you know, they've shown they, they can do it. Obviously, maybe Juve can be more potent of t- offensively than, than PSG right now, given that Mbappe wasn't there. But And Cristiano Ronaldo will be. And, you know, I guess we'll talk about him probably. And the fact that he can, you know, if he happens to score, which he can do on any given day, then it's a whole different game, of course. But, um, no, I think even though they didn't really look like winning it against PSG, um, what they showed defensively, like like what you were saying, Eric, was was very positive going into this one. Pierre-Paul, did, did you see a Champions League side out there? You have to remember, Lyon did finish seventh this season, so unless they do you know, wonders in the league, they, they'd be presumably missing out on European competition. But did you see a, a team that would deserve to be up in the upper echelons of European competition, Pierre-Paul? That's a difficult question. Um, I mean, the thing with Lyon is that is that it's so on and off um, that I, I I never know where to place them, and, and predicting what they're going to do is, is always so hard. Um, they, we know they can have these great games against big teams, and, and we've seen them recently. I mean, last season they had some great games against Manchester City or, or the home leg against Barcelona, which was nil nil. Um, but you know, is effectively what we want to see again on Friday from them. Um, and, and then, you know, at other times, of course, they just kind of, I mean, I don't know why, but they're nowhere near as good. And, and that's why they finished seventh. So we know that they have this, you know, I think they have the second big, biggest budget in France or third at, at worst. They should be a Champions League team. There's no question about it. I, I don't know why they blow hot and cold and, and that's their main problem. I, I think, yeah, I think we all know that. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, what about you, Eric? Did you see a Champions League side out there? I, I think, again, there are caveats about the quality of opposition in terms of PSG getting back into full fitness and lacking Mbappe. But I I think in terms of a defensive team, which is what they're going to need again on Friday, uh, yes, I, I, th- I think we saw one of the most cohesive defensive performances that this team's offered under Rudy Garcia. And that's what we need. I mean, this team... You know, you have to remember, there's been so many results that Leon have achieved this season that are just down to individual talent. You know, we think about that last-minute winner from Memphis against Toulouse. We think about uh, that superb goal that Awar scored against against Leipzig in that six-group stage match. Uh, you know, even Tussar's goal in the first leg. And I think that we didn't, well, we didn't have any of those moments of individual brilliance, which can be frustrating from a fan's perspective. I think that we do have to acknowledge that the way this team played cohesively as a whole, you know, Jason Denier has been a, a reliable presence at the back all season, but I think we were beginning to see Marsal on the left of that back three look very capable. 
Marcelo as well was was good in the air, you know, was able to beat away just about everything. And he did have a hamstring issue uh, after the match. Uh, it is supposed to play on Friday, but you know, I, I think that that's the important thing is that this team worked hard, worked together. Um, you know, look at a player like Leo Dubois or Maxwell Cornet, um, you know, running up and down the flanks uh, for an extended period of time. I think that that's what we need to see. That Rudy Garcia has his team playing together. I think that that's what this extended preseason has given to Lyon. Uh, they were the first club in France to come back in anticipation of this match. And uh, they look all the sharper for it, even if, you know, perhaps their individual talents aren't as bright as they ought to be in terms of their scoring prowess. But I think we saw a lot of really, really good signs last Friday that, that augur well for this match, this match to come. The problem is going to be that, um, I mean, the kind of uncertainty that we, that we don't know ahead of the match is, is where are they going to be physically compared to Juventus? Because obviously against PSG, I mean, they, we know they played well for that game, but it wasn't, it wasn't the most entertaining or intense game um, that we, you know, the kind of stuff we, we might be used to seeing in big matches. And in Lyon and PSG will have the same problem. Are just coming back from months off and with only a few friendly games and a couple of cup finals to prepare for them, whereas Juventus have been playing for the past couple of months. Now, we know that Juventus aren't in great form. Maybe are they tired and maybe that's actually going to turn out to Lyon's advantage? I mean, I don't think we have a way of quantifying that before Friday, but it's definitely a big question mark. Well, I think, listen, you know, Juventus are a team of brilliant individuals. We think about Paulo Dybala, you know, we hope he's fit as, as, a, as being a brilliant player. You know, Cristiano Ronaldo, of course, needs no introduction. But beyond that, this is a team that is a little bit older, could be a little bit tired. Um, look at someone like Blaise Matuidi. Um, Matuidi never tires. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> look at Benucci. Um, the fact that Juan Cordado could be played as a played at right back rather than um, rather than Douglas Costa. I, I think that there, you know, which Chesney has improved, but I, you know, I, I think he still doesn't totally inspire great confidence in me. Uh, Matthias Delict has been, you know, not the most consistent performer, even especially in the Champions League for Juve. And I, I think that you know, there's a lot to to take from from this team that I wouldn't say is a weak spot per se, but that, that, that this team can be got at. And I think that it, you know, much like, you know, much as we've seen from, from Leon there, they are a team that, you know, can be slightly over reliant on individual brilliance um, and can look a little lacking, especially in terms of their defensive nows. Um, that's, that is to say, that's the Leon we've seen throughout the season. And I think that that's sort of, you know, how, how Juve operate as well. This is, a, this, is a, this is, you know, for lack of a better word, I think it is to some extent an ex- expensively assembled um, collection of stars and their cohesiveness in some ways doesn't necessarily, um, doesn't necessarily make, make sense. I mean, what, you know, mm-hmm. how some players fit in with each other. Um, and I think that, I think there's an opportunity there. You know, I think especially if we if we look at Dubois, who I think has been the best right back in France this season, um, and Cornet playing as a you know given his ability to get forward as a as a left back, uh, his pace uh, or a left side of wing back, I, I think there's there's chances there. I think the UVA can be got at, and I think that uh, Leon should should take encouragement from that. 
And so, taking Kerr mentioned from from their form, like what I mean, which I briefly mentioned, but I've just looking back, they've only won two of their last eight matches, and they're coming off of uh, you know three defeats in the last four against Udinese, Cagliari, and, and Roma, and you know that means if those teams can do it, Lyon can can definitely do it too. Now, obviously, you know. I guess they'll be concentrating more and, and they'll want it more in the Champions League than in those kind of late useless league matches. But but still, it shows that. One clean sheet since the restart, and that's that was against a 10-man set. Wow. Yeah. And so, you know, if they score... Uh, if You know, yeah, if they score... Sorry, two clean sheets. If they score... If, if Leon score one, then you have to score two. So it's... Uh, no, they have to score three. Sorry. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that's that says the story right there. I think that there's, there should be enough optimism around the Leon side to get a goal, um, and and to to progress. Mm-hmm. Wait, and and when you look at Juventus's form, it's not as if I know they there was a quote I think Sari said about the Roma match, and they said essentially like we're just going to put our B team hope for the best. Um, but in, in three of those last four matches, it's not as if like. It was an absolute B team. Ronaldo played in three in three of those four matches. He lost in two of those uh, three losses. You know, he, he committed a, a good a good proportion of his time to that match. So it's not as if like Juve were just like kicking about. This is a UV team that, yeah, they might have taken their foot off the gas because they won the league, but they were they weren't like slouching in terms of, of team selection. That, that that must fill Liga with a little bit of, a little bit of optimism. Like you said, Pierre Paul, if Cagliari and if and Roma and Udinese can do it, Leon must be able to do it as well, Eric. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think you know, and I don't think any of those other teams have players the individual quality of, of a Hussam Awar, of a Memphis Depay, of a, of a Jeffrey Adelaide, who's I think you know, now that he's back, I think that really gives an X factor to this team, uh, given his creativity in midfield. Mm-hmm. It's a shame and, uh, he didn't replay. Really yeah, in the final, um, we would like to see him. I, I think, but. Mm. And uh, you touched on it a little, a little bit a minute ago, Eric. Um, because if if we cast our, our mind back to the one nil win with two starts going half half an hour in, Leon had thirty six percent of possession. They had a little bit more against PSG in the cup final last week, uh, but not absolutely loads. Um, so you know, and a lot of their play was in their half. You know, they had to withstand a lot of pressure. It's not as if like it was a whitewash. It was a tough game for Leon. But do you think? How do you think? Every every team wants their every fan wants their team to go and attack from the from the get go. But how do you think your team will actually approach this game? Do you think there'll be a bit of tentativeness, which could kind of hold them back? Or do you think they'll be trying to almost play for that nil nil, Eric? I don't think they'll be trying to play for a nil nil. I, I think that they're that Leon are under no no illusions. Rudy Garcia is an experienced manager. They know they need to get a goal, uh, which would effectively put this tie to bed. And I I think that there will be. You know that three-five-two may seem negative, but if you if if he sets out a midfield of a Bruno, Ren Adelaide, and um, and Hussam Awar, uh, I think that that'll say a lot. Or 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 even Kakare. I, I think that you know that sort of positivity and the dynamism that all three of those players or all four of those players have in midfield um, can really do a lot. Um, there's also some question, perhaps, as to who partners Memphis in attack. I feel like Dembele had a pretty poor match mm-hmm. um, yeah. in the Coupe de la Ligue final. And I, I, I could see the value of playing Carl Toko Akambi there. Uh, he's a, a player with more experience. I think he's, 
a better presser of the ball. And, and frankly, you know, I know his, and it's a small sample size, but he's been, you know, when he's had the opportunity to play centrally, he's a good finisher and he's, he's a solid, he's a solid physical presence, which, you know, Memphis isn't the biggest player. Um, I think can make a difference against, you know, the likes of Delict and Venucci. While I agree with what you were saying, Eric, in, in that, like the logic is sound and makes sense and that getting a goal would be super useful. I, one thing that kind of worries me is that we know that Rudy Garcia has a way of sometimes approaching big matches and, and just trying to play for the nil-nil, which would also work, um, but is a little bit like more... Yeah, a little bit more risky. I mean, the most <laughs> famous example is is if you think back a few years to... I think it was his first game with Marseille against PSG, and you know it was nil-nil, and it was a kind of an atrocious match, uh, but they got, they got that result. But I don't think he always gets that result, even though he... he often kind of tries for it. Um, and I, I wonder if that's going to kind of creep into his mind and, and approach to the match. Well, listen, I, 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 that is a fair criticism. But I would also say that I think the way he's approached th things with Leon, like what we saw last Friday is the balance. If, if they, they come with that sort of performance, that's going to be enough. I mean, you know, the ball is round, right? Anything can happen. But that is the type of performance that's going to let them win the tie. I think we saw this yeah. same balance of pragmatism and attacking intent uh, in that Coupe de France match against well, PSG. I don't know if there was a lot of attacking intent, though. I mean, they had a couple decent chances, especially earlier on. But a lot of the times when Dembele or, or Depay had the ball, they were alone and, and there weren't that many people coming out to help and support them. And then obviously, the more the match, adva the more the match advanced, the more uh, you know that was the case, the more they were cautious. And one of the things we pointed out in the podcast last week was, um, I mean, I noticed how, for example, whenever Lyon had a free kick in the PSG half, they would just play it short rather than trying to get a long ball into those guys who can win a header like like Anderson or or, or Denayer, who, who were on the pitch at the end of the match. Um, and I was kind of disappointed by that cautiousness. But Sure, but I mean, that you know, I point again to Lyon and full flow, that, that Coupe de France match against PSG, um, now Leon finished with ten men and lost five nil. But until that sending off, they were they were giving a full strength PSG everything they had. And I mm -hmm. think that you know, yes, there is a, there is some pragmatism there. Um, I also think that against PSG, you know, that is a team that's very solid aerially. Uh, you know, with all of Kimpembe, uh, Marquinhos, and Silva on the pitch, you've got a fairly strong aerial attack there. So maybe. Maybe part of the product of that was Garcia saying, "Okay, I don't, I don't see a chance to to, to get a get a word in edgewise as it were here uh, from set pieces attacking directly like that." And he's he's taking a different approach. I think that also part of the, part of the tactical issues there last Friday were, you know, Memphis playing out of his, Memphis kept drifting to the right, especially early on, and I think part of that left the team really unbalanced. That it ended up looking more like a five four one. Dembele was isolated. Um, and if Memphis can Memphis can play closer to whoever the other striker is, whether it is Toko Okambi or whether it is Dembele, and create some dynamism in link-up play. I mean, Memphis's link-up play is really outstanding when it's at its best. So if that's the sort of situation that can be created, uh, again, uh, optimism coming from me. <laughs> it's got to be it's Dembele, Dembele starting. Star. 16 goals? goals this uh, I mean, I... Oh, gosh. You know... It, I, I don't, I've seen too much from him 
in his time at Leon, I, I mean, he's missed penalties. Uh, you know, the scuffed chance against PSG last week. I, I, I just, I know it, it would be surprising given his goal record. Yes, um, but I, I would go with Toko Okambi if, if it were me. I know that's a big shout, but I think that he's been not only. Uh, you know, he's not only has he made the most of his chances, but he's also been a willing worker in terms of pressing, which I think can be really important uh, in this game since his arrival um, back in, in January. Hmm. I, I would agree with that based on the last game, and because that's kind of the latest information we have on their respective forms. Um, but obviously, you know, maybe maybe Huji has seen something different in the past week that would go against that. We'll have to see on Friday, I guess. Hmm. Okay, let's let's shift the microscope over more to the opponents for this game. So, um, first up, Eric, presumably, bar any in- injuries, is going to be Leo Dubois against Ronaldo. How do you see that going? <laughs> uh, <laughs> we all know Ronaldo's one of the best in the world at tracking back. I, I mean, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, no, again, you know, I, I think Dubois does give up a little bit physically. He's not the most imposing uh, of fullbacks, but I think that his own ability to get forward and whipping crosses, I think, is something that you know could have the potential to stretch Matuidi, uh, who will be on the left side of midfield, and and to you know pin Ronaldo back a little bit. Um, his matchup against, uh, I guess, I'd probably be Alexandro uh, starting at left back for Juve. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I think that that there's there's a. Uh, yeah, again, I, I think he, he was probably the best right back in France this year. And I think that um, even with the injury period, I, I think that he's, you know, he's got um, an ability to, you know, not exactly be the sort of physical shutdown presence, but his, his, abil- his dynamism, I think, um, will be an important part of this game. Pierre Paul, do you think the, the five-man or three-man defence, however pessimistic you want to look at it, do you think that will fall into uh, Leon's hands in that case? Do you think because um, De- Dubois will have that support from presumably Denier and a little bit of Marcelo as well, do you think that will kind of help them in, in cutting Ronaldo at the match? Obviously, it's so tough to cut Ronaldo at the match, but you have to imagine that he's going to try and drift onto his right foot. So if he's got Bruno Gamayres and potentially Kakri as well, two solid um, tacklers, you think you may be able to just kind of lock him out of the game in some way? Well, that's, I mean, it's definitely the best system they can go with based on what we've seen them doing recently and, and this season. Um, with Dubois, I mean, I feel like um, I, I can't come up with an example right now. It's not coming into my head, but I know he's had good big games against, you know, very good left wingers. So maybe, maybe it was the first game against Juventus. I can't really remember. Maybe it was against Mbappe sometime or or something like that, but, um, you know, he can probably put in a pretty big shift there. Um, and definitely that's, you know, as good a hope as you can have in terms of their defensive system. I have a question for Eric, actually, though, about, I mean, maybe it's not really relevant to this game, because I'm, I'm, I'm assuming he's not going to play, but a lot of Lyon fans are talking about this guy, Melvin Bard, mm, yes, never yes. really heard of. And people were upset that Maxwell Cornet started over him, which... Seemed pretty obvious to me, um, but uh, I, I, you know, do you know anything about him? Yeah, he's he's fantastic. I, he uh, well, okay, small sample size, but play, having watched Leon's friendlies, all of them, in this preseason, uh, he is a a player who can play in the center, but is is more naturally a left back. Um, 
and I think is, is really phenomenal. He's got a, a good physical presence to him, a great crosser of the ball, um, and, I, and, you know, good engine on him. I, I think that he's, you know, he could be Leon's left back in the future. He's a really, really impressive prospect. However, in a 3-5-2 where pace can be important and we've seen how tireless of a runner Cornet is, I think it makes sense to keep playing Cornet, but playing a four-man back line? Absolutely. But Bard is a really tremendous prospect. But I think in this system, Cornet makes more sense for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those who don't know, Melvin Bard's kind of like this, this 19-year-old next best thing coming out of the Leon Academy. And if you go on Twitter, man, there's there's everyone is just saying about this Bard kid. And I've known about him, but it's more like being through like football manager for ages about him. And then like to try and finally see him kind of come onto the scene playing for Leon. I think he played a couple of friendlies. He played against... He played against Nîmes or Dijon, I think earlier in the season, I think he had like his debut. Uh, but yeah, he's kind of like the next best thing, or Leon fans are calling uh, coming out of their academy. But you think it would, it would be a big shout to start him, Eric? Sure. And Bayern Munich are already trying to sign him from Lyon, which um, oh, is kind of a recurring pattern. I mean, we've just had confirmation like before we started that um, Pierre Kalulu is is leaving Lyon for AC Milan. Um, so just another example of that kind of young talent leaving Lyon a little bit too early, I guess. Mm. Well, for, too early from our point of view for us to enjoy <laughs> watching him. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we uh, we mentioned earlier about Rudy Garcia's kind of reputation in big matches, you know, probably before Lyon, probably which, uh, why there was such a negative response from the Lyon fans about him becoming manager was because there's this reputation and, and these statistics about him against big teams. Like there's There was a stat put out ages ago on Twitter about he had him against like top four league on teams. I can't remember what it was, but it was pretty bad. And, you know, that that's kind of bled into other matches when it was at Marseille and whatnot. But... This season, if, if you look back at, at some of his matches, they got the draw against Leipzig. They beat Marseille in the Cup earlier, who, who did really well this season. You know, they have had big games where they've performed okay. So, do, Eric, do you think that do you think that reputation's fading a little bit? Do you think that's still justified for Rudy Garcia? Or do you always have to be wary about it whenever he's at the helm? Uh, gosh. Uh, I think this season, again, like he's shown... A good level of ambition throughout, and I think that I think that that just bears itself out. And I think that you know he hasn't shied from these big occasions. Again, I think the biggest matches that he's played are the two against PSG, like I said, uh, in the Coupe de France semi-final and in the Coupe de la Ligue final. And he's shown to me the willingness to go toe to toe with with a with a big, a big the biggest opponent domestically for France. And I think that. Um, and also, we look at that Leipzig game. I mean, they were down 2-0, um, you know, within the space of, what, half an hour, 40 minutes, and came back to draw in the second half in a, a match that they need, that, you know, was do or die. I think they would have been out of Europe entirely had they not got, um, had they not got that draw. Um, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I, I think that, that that tag might be a little bit outdated. I, I think Garcia has done, you know, especially considering losing Memphis Depay and losing Jeffrey and Adelaide for what people thought was the season. Um, I don't think we can underestimate the job he's done to, to stack this team up and, and to keep them playing, especially with such fixture congestion uh, as they face throughout January and February, being in uh, four competitions at that point. Hmm. I like to call that effect of, like, of having a reputation and having 
you know, to overcome previous results. I, I like to call that kind of having like ghosts. Like I'll take an example to explain what I mean. Unai Emery was the PSG coach when the remontada happened and, and PSG lost at Barcelona 6-1. And when he came to Arsenal, I thought, you know, that ghost is going to follow him in big matches. And I think it did. And, you know, we had some like, we had some big losses like against Liverpool where we lost 5-1 or something. And and I think other ghosts follow his name and, and that had to do with how he dealt with Ozil and so on. And, and so on. But the only way to beat those ghosts is like to actually, you know, prove it wrong it. one time and then it'll kind of go away. Yeah. And I think the simple fact that Garcia won 1-0 against Juventus a few months ago means that like, you know, those problems are not even on his mind or, you know, anyone around him at the moment. Like it's not, it's not, the question doesn't really apply to, to this game, I don't think. Hmm. 100%. Um, and it's just just one more point I kind of want to touch on before we finish. And I, I know you mean Pierre Paul about ghosts, and I, Unai Emery was actually the perfect example, kind of one that people usually go to because of that remontada and then the kind of Champions League success, etc. Uh, Barcelona have kind of been marked with that as well in the last few years. Uh, just to finish off, if they don't win this and they don't go and slap <laughs> Manchester City and Real Madrid and win the Champions League and get into Champions League ne- next season um, and all that jazz. And uh, obviously they finished seventh, so there's no European football for next season. Um, Eric, just to finish off, what do you think will be the attitude in the fans and also for the players? You know, some players must be looking at, oh God, no Champions League football next season. This this might be a, a little bit of a short window opportunity for them. Yeah, I mean, I think that that I think that the fans will have been frustrated with the way things had gone under Slovenia. Uh, I think that they'll be relatively pleased with the way things have gone under Garcia, but I think it's really an issue of keeping hold of, of these players. And, uh, you know, I think that there are a lot of, I think that Leon could do with the rebuilding season. Um, you know, I think if we look at getting, if say, say Memphis, Awar, and Dembele go, whew, that's a tough ask. But if, if you think that all they have to play next season is the Coupe de France and, and Liga, um, you can get more playing time for the likes of a Melvin Bard, of a, of a Ray and Cherky, of a Maxence Cacare. Um, uh, there's a young central defender as well, Diamande, who's very, who's very high. I'm blanking on his first name. Apologies. There's a young central defender as well that's very highly thought of. Like I said, I, I think that there can be a real chance to uh, have a measure of development for Leon that they haven't seen in a while um, because of the pressure of having to keep getting Europe, keep getting in Europe, and all this fixture congestion. Um, and that can allow the team to press a reset button and to get some of these these younger talents a little bit more exposure and to help the team grow more organically, uh, you know, in a way that's been at the backbone of their success. So we, I think, I think for me, the best Leon team of the last decade was the 2014-15 team uh, that ran PSG very close for the title until uh, Lacazette missed uh, four or five matches with a back injury. Um, I, but I think the spine of that team, if we look at Toliso, Ferry, uh, Umtiti, Lopez, uh, Lacazette, that was all academy players. You know, it wasn't, it, and this is to say nothing of, of, you know, a player like Memphis, who I think has been really impressive. But I think since that, Leon have gotten a little bit away from that, that transfer strategy, um, or that squad building strategy, as it were. And I think, you know, not to say there's anything wrong with flipping a, a Ferlau Mendy or Tongi and Dombele, but I think that in terms of continuity and understanding of Leon identity, it's not something that this team has had consistently for quite a while. Um, that idea of D- Leon DNA, as the club likes to say. And I think that that's something that they could really do with this season of.
Okay, let's finish off, and I want your score predictions for this one. Pierre Paul, what do you think this game will finish? Um, okay, I think <laughs> Lyon are in a really good position, and uh, you know, if they oh, if they don't make it now, they'll never make it. This is an incredible chance, so I I have to believe in them, and I'm going to go with a a a one one, let's say. Okay, Eric, two one Juventus win, Leon to progress. Oh, away goals! Interesting. I love that. Also, sharp <laughs> delivery. I love it. Uh, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I think it'll be, I think it'll be nil nil. Leon progress. I think it's gonna be just tetchy. I think it's gonna be close. I think it's gonna be like, like Juve are like missing three chances in the last four minutes. I think it's gonna be nutty. But I, I don't know. I just think Leon, man, it's just got, it's got to happen. It's just got to happen. The stars have got a line for this. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go nil nil draw with Leon progressing. Great. Well, that wraps everything up. If you're looking for more content on all things French football in English, you can check out our website at getfootballnewsfrance.com. You can also find us on Twitter at GFFN. And just before I go, Get Football recently released their second edition of their very own periodical, The Modern Footballer. If you're interested in European football, it's the best place to go, talking all things Europe. We look at player profiles as well as articles on all the biggest teams. In this latest edition, we talked about Upamecano, Cherke, Zaniolo, Buanga for Sanetti, and I even had an article on Josh Maja at Bordeaux. But we also talked about Monchi at Seville and, and how he's been doing uh, as their director of football and with the transfers and whatnot. It's a very interesting read and you can find lots of information on the website as well as on Twitter at ModernBallMag. That's at ModernBallMag. And that's us done. Thank you very much once again to my guests, Pierre Paul Birmingham and Eric Devin. I've been Lewis McParlin. I hope you have lots of fun watching Juventus versus Leon on Friday. And no matter who you're supporting, I hope your team loses. Stay beautiful. <laughs>